It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to an emergency 1865 podcast. King Cooper is dead. We shall now abide by Espirito Santo, or so it would seem. Uh, I'm joined by our panel to look back over Steve Cooper's tenure at Nottingham Forest, which ended today, Tuesday the 19th of December. And we shall have a look as well at the heir apparent, Nuno Espirito Santo, who is expected to be confirmed as the forest manager on Wednesday. I'm going to go around and just to get um, just a little thought, a feeling, something. How do you feel about today's news, Tom Newton? Sad, but it's been sense of inevitable, hasn't it, with the current run we've been on. Um, personally, I've got to say thank you for Steve Cooper, what he's done in the last two years to not just me, but the wider fan base uh, and the city. He's, he's been so respectable in everything he's done. He, he's gone with dignity and, uh, yeah, he will be... Well, he will never be forgotten for what he's done for this football club and the fans. So uh, thank you, Steve. Thank you, Tom. Uh, Married on the Midlands. Yeah, just an overwhelming sense of sadness, I think, um, and a and a feeling of oh, have we made a terrible mistake? Um, I just hope we don't live to regret this. Uh, but yeah, he's 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 revitalised the club, the city, uh, put pride back into the shirt, and um, he really was the full package, not just a football coach, but a personality that sort of grabbed the club by the scruff of, his, scruff of its neck and pulled it up from its bootlaces and all those sort of cliches, and he will be sadly missed. Thank you. Uh, Stephen Topless. I'm gutted with the news. I fully bought into what Steve Cooper brought to Nottingham Forest, the work that he's done over the last two years to transform the club what he's achieved, how he's achieved it, his persona, his personality, everything about him it has been something that you'd want to see from a manager of Nottingham Forest. And I felt that he had longer in the job and he, that he had more to deliver. So I'm bitterly disappointed and 
I hope we don't live to regret this decision. And last but not least, thank you, Stephen. Last but not least, Baz. Yeah, um, I think one. Of, I mean, it's not just the fact that he got us promoted, and in that championship season, we played really good football with. Um, and then he managed to keep us up, and then that was that Arsenal game. Well, it wasn't a Crystal Palace, but that sounded even better. But it's the way that he embraced the city and embraced the club and embraced the supporters. And it's, I mean, it's not just about the results and, and what he did on the pitch. It's about how he understood what we were looking for and he took it all on board. And I genuinely believe that when he said he loves the club and that he's having, he was having the time of his life here, he actually meant it um, all too often managers kind of just sort of play lip service to the supporters but I think he he genuinely loved us and we loved him it's like the end of a love affair mm, thank you Baz and I've been asked to write a piece uh, by the Omist rolling in fanzine so thank you to uh, to Dwayne and the team there um, basically I echoed what you just said. It feels like the end of a relationship where you have that kind of sense of relief that at least the suffering and the, the back and forth is over. Um, but you feel sad for what's gone before. You also feel happy that you experienced it. And, uh, later on in the podcast, what we will do is we'll look forward, as I said, and, and think about, well, after you've come out of a relationship and the next relationship occurs then it's got to be better because otherwise you're just going around in circles um let's talk about the steve cooper reign i mean obviously the highlight for most people is that day at wembley the day where we were fortunate not to concede at least one if not two penalties the day where we scored the goal which was actually a deflected cross cross come shot um but the best day for many a Forest supporter in their lives. Uh, Baz, I'm just going to stick with you for a second because um, uh, we're old enough to remember the Clough days. We're old enough to have um, been brought up with a sense of footballing values. And I think one of the things that you alluded to there was that whole idea of, of love for the club. It's also about alluding to those values, isn't it? And, and the way in which we do things as much as what we do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the, the, the game at Wembley was pretty rubbish, but the way that the club had was representing itself was was fantastic. Um there was a whole this this idea that he was one of us and we were all together and Forrester back. It that's what it felt like. So after, I mean, as you say, we're we're old enough to remember uh, Gary Megson and League One and all that stuff and yeah it really it really to say Forrester back actually really really meant something. Uh, Maradona in the Midlands. Uh, I mean, again, we're, we're you and I, you and I are more or less the same age, and we grew up in the Clough era. We've seen Forest relegated many times. Those twenty three years in the doldrums never felt like they were going to end, did they? No, I mean, I, I'd completely given up hope that we'd ever, ever get promoted again. There are points when I was saying, just remember saying to you, just shut the club down. I've had enough. Just, just shut it down. We, we just can't, I can't go keep going through this anymore. Um, so, yeah, even even just be, 
I remember doing the pod just before Steve Cooper was um, made manager uh, when we got got defeated by Cardiff. We did the match report, and it just felt like such a low ebb. Relegation just seemed inevitable. There was no team spirit. Uh, the players just looked completely ineffectual, and he just turned it around so quickly, so dramatically, to put some life back in the club. And as I mean, as funny as it sounds. Those first two away games, Barnsley away and Bristol City away, they're almost the highlights because they, they signified the change where you could say, hello, something's happening here, something something's stirring. And um, this man's got something about him. Um, so, yeah, for him to, yeah, just... Uh, uh, it, feels, it feels really, really sad that he's gone. Mm, yeah, gut-wrenching is, is the phrase that you might use. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to um, give a mention to one of our team, Ellie, who is one of the young, younger, young pups on our podcast, who isn't old enough to remember Forrest being in the Premier League the previous time. And Ellie was asked to contribute to Radio 1 Newsbeat. And this is what she had to say. First, Ellie, and how she feels after hearing some big news. Absolutely fuming. Her reaction to Nottingham Forest sacking Steve Cooper and talking to former Wolves and Spurs boss Nuno Espirito Santo about replacing him. I think it's disrespectful to Cooper and fans. He's not just a fantastic manager who's got us back to the Premier League after 23 years. He also just has such a brilliant connection with the players. And to line up a manager out of nowhere, we can't keep sacking managers every two seconds every time we lose a game. I just don't see how Nuno can change that. But I hope he can. (laughs) Obviously, I'll back him all the way. I'll be singing for you, Nuno. Tom, I mean, Ellie's gone on record saying that she's absolutely gutted she'd have kept Cooper uh, you're of a different opinion though aren't you yeah I, I sincerely hope that well at the time I really wish Steve Cooper could have turned this around but when you look we're not in a sentiment-based game here we're in a result-driven game and the form's not been good enough it's like one win in 13 two in 28 it's not been great and it seems that I, I don't obviously I haven't got any coaching badges, but it seems like plan A with a 1E, that was the one and it did work. But then we probably put all our time and energy into that one. We didn't have a plan B. And I think recent performances and results have have been evident of that, really. We're just look devoid of ideas. And like I said, I really wish um, Steve Cooper could have turned it around because there hasn't been a boss like him um, since probably... At Cluffy, where the whole city loves him, um, possibly to a certain extent, Billy Davis, but we won't go there with what how that ended, and and then obviously with Frank Clark. But yeah, I really wish Steve Cooper would have turned it around. But I, I think there's just a distinct fear that the club may be relegated, and I think they'd rather be proactive than reactive in, in terms of what happens at the end of the season. Mm, uh, just to play devil's advocate on that is the fact that we've gone back to the uh, three at the back um, and sort of strikerless formation with, you know, players who've got that little bit of fight and spirit. Is that not a sign that actually there is a bit of a, a backup plan? It's just it took Cooper a little while to get there. Um, I just think it, it, it's all right showing that desire and heart, but in the Premier League, as we know, it's ruthless, it's cutthroat. And I think heart and desire only get you so far, but if you haven't got that uh, quality in the final third... 
you're not going to win football matches and we've got problems at both ends of the pitch at the moment where we can see too many goals and don't score too many goals and I think that's been the problem in the last uh, six or seven weeks and I think this has just been a sense of inevitability about it. Uh, like someone suffering from norovirus problems at both ends. Um, <laughs> Stephen, does the blame for that lie primarily with Cooper? I mean, there's a few people pointing fingers at the club and the club hierarchy. Yeah, Cooper's not completely blameless in all of this. There's, there's things that he could have done better. The Luton game, for example, he could have managed that better and helped see us over the line in that one with some of the substitutions he made. But look, I, I look at Steve Cooper's whole time at Forest rather than just the last 13 games. And I think he deserves to be judged on that, the way that he's brought players on and the way that he's galvanised the club, the city, the fans all together. And look at the squad he's got to work with. There's no stability there. 30 players last summer, double figures again this summer in terms of recruitment, plus the January window in between. And in all of that, in, in 42 players, I don't see where he's been given the depth of squad to work with and, and get the results needed. I think he's been let down in the goalkeeping department because we signed two number two goalkeepers in Vlakadimos and Turner. Taiwo Wanyi, if he's not fit, we struggle. Now you can say, well, Cooper should do better with what he's got. And I agree to a certain degree. But again, in the Premier League, you need a squad in order to survive and in order to develop. And I'm looking at the, the recruitment strategy and a lot of money has been wasted in the last two years. That money could have easily got us a capable one-year replacement. It could have got us capable goalkeepers to come in and not make the mistakes they have. I think the problems at the club are bigger than Cooper. And while he's to blame for some of it, I don't think he should be carrying the can for Forrest's situation at the moment. Baz, you wanted to come in? I think there's there's like three factors that kind of have worked against Steve Cooper. Um, one, there's been a persistent rumour from about pretty much probably the Leicester game last year that relationship between him and the owner have been very, very strained, um, which doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Um, uh, number two, and so I was listening back, well, I was listening to, we did the match report for Spurs the other day, and then I was listening to the Wolves one, and a couple of things kind of popped into my head over that. Um, one was the, the choosing the team basically from last season, the team that had the fight and all that kind of stuff. I'm wondering if there's a little bit of that where some of the new players that have come in who are bigger names than the players that were there before are thinking, why are we working for this championship manager who keeps on banging on about belief rather than giving me a structured play look? And the reason I say that is because he made the point when we were talking about the set piece coach um, that maybe Steve Cooper wants the players to sort of do it themselves, whereas a lot of the top teams now basically give the players exact instructions on what to do in every single situation. So I'm wondering if there's maybe a little bit of a sort of mismatch there between the new players coming in and how Steve Cooper coaches. And then on top of that, and I made the point the other day, which is if you're making individual errors consistently week in, week out, it might be a different player making the error each time. But if it's happening consistently, that probably suggests that there's something wrong with the coaching as well. And 
I don't think a new manager coming in can fix our problems up front because we we rely on Taiwo one year and the, the other players aren't of the same quality as him. But there is a chance that maybe someone coaching the players differently might be able to stamp out the, the defensive mistakes. Hmm. Murder on the Midlands. Uh, Stephen talked about recruitment strategy. Just to play devil's advocate, I would say there's never really been much of a recruitment strategy ever since. Well, I'm, I'm gonna, I was going to say since uh, Mr. Maranakis took over. But actually, I can't remember when Forrest ever had a recruitment strategy. Can you? No, I mean maybe Stuart Pearce when he when he was manager. That was probably when we had some real sort of thoughts, well thought out mate signings and what have you. But yeah, I mean I've got to agree with uh, Stephen. Um, people people have this expectation that we should be sort of a top half team, mid-table team this season. But looking at the squad now, I don't think it's any better than it was last season. We're weaker in the goalkeeping department. We're weaker up front since Brennan Johnson left. We're weaker at left back. We had a Brazilian international at left back last season. We haven't got one now. And the two big signings that really lifted expectation um, on deadline day, Sangari and... Guy from Italy, forgotten his name. Dominguez. Dominguez. They haven't proven to be that good, have they? We've seen it in our own eyes. They've, they've got some nice touches and things, but they're not players that are going to lift you from the bottom, bottom of the team, a team which was bottom of the table, more or less, for the whole of last season, up to the top half of the table. They're not They're not Messi and Ronaldo. So I just I think there's, there's a real mismatch between the actual reality of the facts of what strength of our squad and the level of expectations. It's fine for Maranaka to say, I want this club to be challenging for Europe and winning trophies and things. But if the players aren't there, it's just delusional talk. It, the, the quality just isn't there to do that sort of thing. And and I think even Steve Cooper's done his best he can with the squad he's got. The errors come from players. It, it might be something to do with coaching, but it's also down to quality. The better a player is, the more consistent his performance is, and the, the fewer errors he makes. Um, we're, we're, we're dealing with players with sort of a lower level of quality. It's just, I think it's, it's really been a really harsh way of, of judging Steve Cooper. I, I was looking at the defeats of this, this horrible statistic, one, one defeat in 13, or one victory in 13 matches. We've only actually lost two matches against teams in the lower half of the table. The rest of our defeats have been against teams in the top half. One of those defeats was against Everton, who without the point deduction would be a top half of the t- table. So, to mix my sporting metaphors, we're about par for where we should be. We're not we're not losing to teams around us. We're mostly losing to teams up in the top half of the table. Mm. So I think it's been a very, very harsh and short-sighted way of judging him. Tom, is our squad worse than last season? Yeah, I do. I look at the goalkeeper. I'm not going to go around the whole team, but you look at the goalkeeping department. We've got two goalkeepers who are effectively number twos. Um, Matt Turner. No, no, I mean, they're, they're not great, but that's a bit harsh. Yeah. But Matt Turner, uh, for example, um, I'm not going to, I don't want to throw him under a bus here, but Arsenal didn't even trust him to be their number two. And then you've got Vlakadimas, who's, people are saying, oh, he's a good shot stopper. Not, not more shots, but I know he hasn't had more, um, he probably hasn't had a chance with any of the goals what he has conceded, but just going on the goalkeeping situation alone, I think we're that um, position. I think we're weaker with what we had last season. We had Henderson 
and uh, Kayla Navas, I mean, the two guys who have come in, I mean, Valakadimos has conceded a lot, but probably isn't to blame for anything in terms of high-profile mistakes. And Matt Turner's made two high-profile mistakes in the last month or so. So I just think that position alone, we're not the just average at best goalkeepers. Mm-hmm. Um, Stephen? You were the one who brought up recruitment strategy. Um, do you think that the squad this season is worse than last season? Because let's be honest, in in the summer, we were feeling quite optimistic about this idea of not signing quite as many players, hopefully having a bit more quality. But the thing is with Sangare, he's, you know, it's been a bit slow. Dominguez started off really well and then has fallen off. Aina, the same thing. And I think a lot of that is to do with if you bring in players who haven't, who aren't, from the Premier League, or in the case of Aina, have been away from the Premier League for two or three years. Um, the games come thick and fast. Actually, there's more demands on players physically than there ever have been before. So, again, is that a sign that recruitment and our squad's depth is worse than it should be, considering the amount of money that's been spent? And has that sold the manager a dud? Yeah, I think it has contributed and I think it made Steve Cooper's job more difficult. And I think there were players who came in during the summer who we didn't need to bring in. Somebody like Omabama Dele, for example, might be a good player for the future, but he's not featured since he joined the club. Well, that 12, 15 million pounds could have been put towards buying another striker or strengthening an area of the pitch that we needed reinforcements in. Uh, You could have put that money towards buying a better goalkeeper, for example, and then had Turner as your number two or something like that. So I think a strategy or lack of has been exposed here because you're asking players to come in like Sangare, like Dominguez, who I think could be very good players given time, but we haven't got time to get Sangare and Dominguez up to speed right now because we need results and we've needed results all season. And I think Steve Cooper was caught between trying to integrate these new players and bring them into the team, but also staying true to what had served Forrest so well, particularly in the back end of last season and that good run we went on that took us to safety. And I think he was caught somewhere between the two. He had all these new players to try and fit in, some of them brought in for quite big money, but he also still needed to keep a core of what served him so well last season. And I think... The, 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 these these new signings did make his 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 job more difficult. And also, don't forget, yes, we've spent 250, 300 million pounds, but if you're a top six team, that probably gets you two or three players. And, you know, we're trying to build a whole squad with that kind of money in the Premier League. It's just not possible. And it's such a difficult task to do. Baz, we're here to talk about Steve Cooper. We've talked about how much we like him, how much we wanted him to succeed. Is it possible for anyone other than an absolute elite manager, and bearing in mind that we are in the bottom four of the Premier League, is that attainable? Is it attainable to get the kind of manager who can do a job in the kind of situation that Forrest have? Um, Yes, because you would have said... We're a team that are bottom of the championship and have struggled to get anywhere. Is it attainable to achieve promotion in one season? Well, we did it. So there are ways of doing it. But I think the fact that we ended up with Steve Cooper and he did that 
was as much luck rather than judgment on the part of the club. So whether Nuno or whoever it is, is the right person to do that. The fact that they've chosen him or apparently chosen him doesn't necessarily fill me with confidence that he's going to be the right choice. And married on the Midlands, uh, lastly, for the time being, Thomas Frank's been at Brentford for four to five years now. Could Forrest under Cooper have been like Brentford under Frank? Definitely. Um, Steve Cooper was not just a football coach. He wasn't just there for short-termism, self-preservation. He was building or rebuilding a football club from, from the grassroots all the way through. He was, he was an integral part of everything, the whole spirit of the club. He was a leader. A club like Forest, I always feel, needs a leader. You can, you can criticise Billy Davis. He did many things wrong, but he was a leader. And, I, and I, think, I think we're always better when we've got that sort of big personality, somebody who's willing to sort of stand up and just not just be the, it's not my job, I'm the, I'm the first team coach, ask somebody else. That sort of figure never does well at Forest. Um, so, yeah, we've, he, he very much would have done. I think we might, the new manager coming in might well win more games than um, Steve Cooper would have done this season. But I don't think there was any danger of us going down. We would have won, won enough games to stay up. And then during, gradually and slowly, if we'd given him time, he would have built us a stronger club. Does anyone want to come back on that? Because I'm just going to play devil's advocate here and say, Forrest under Cooper couldn't be like Brentford under Frank because not because of the Cooper factor or the Frank factor, but because of the Forrest factor and the Brentford factor. Stephen, you have your hand up. I agree. Until we have a settled strategy in in the back room and or in the boardroom, sorry, I think it will be difficult for any manager to build something at this club and build a strategy and build a way of doing things. In terms of Brentford, they have a certain profile of player. They have that money ball system, which we tried to implement when we had Dane Murphy come in, but Dane Murphy left. And we've had different chief football officers, directors of football, sporting directors, whatever title you want to give them. We've had almost double figures, those kind of people running through the club in the last five or six years. We had Lee Charnley involved for a little bit after we got promoted. That's another one who's just come to mind. Sirianos, we binned him off because we deemed Mangala and Awanyi to not be good enough. And then we, when we realised they actually were, we went back and said, oh, can you come back and be a consultant? So that there's no stability at the top of the club. And that's down to Maranakis and Maranakis Jr. to create that culture. And I think until we have that culture, it's going to be very difficult for any manager to build anything at this club. And I actually think... Steve Cooper was papering over a lot of the cracks because he's a leader and because I think he takes so much on and really invested himself into the club. I think actually he was making a lot of things work that perhaps wouldn't have done under a different manager. Mm, Tom? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what Stephen said there. Um, I think a lot of the decisions what are made regarding recruitment are on impulse rather than joined up thinking. And like Stephen says, Steve Cooper's kept it all together. Uh, I mean, last year was mad, wasn't it, in terms of the uh, recruitment? The same happened, um, summer just gone. And I think it's, yeah, it's just the impulse of how 
they get players in, um, etc. But I think in one sense that Maranakis does back the managers. He can't be not denied um, us thinking that because he has actually given money out. And, and I don't think any manager, to a certain degree, has probably Steve Cooper's a bit different with everything what goes with it, but every manager before him who's got the sack has probably been deserved to have the sack. But I think with Maranakis, he's probably thinking, well, I've backed these managers. I've given them a fair crack of the whip to a certain point. But then it's the other layer of the recruitment and the different um, personnel, what's one minute they're there, one minute they're not in terms of a, an operation sense. And I think that's got to calm down if you want to have a sustainable football club and a sustainable club in the Premier League at that. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, We'll be back in just a minute and we'll talk about the possible appointment of Nuno Espirito Santo. Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It is the season for festive football, and what's the best way to watch it? Down at your local Green King Sports pub, of course. After all, Christmas is a time to catch up with friends old and new. So get down to your local for a refreshing pint, some delicious food, and live action of every Christmas cracker. Every fixture from TNT, Sky and Amazon is live at Green King Sports, which is wall-to-wall action on the giant HD screens, and you can watch every winning goal, top bins volley, and one of many dodgy VAR decisions that we will be seeing over the Christmas period. Download the Green King Sports app and you will receive 10% off drinks every single time they're sports on the telly. And what's more, you'll be supporting us here at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Welcome back to this 1865 special. Um, as you will have heard, Steve Cooper has gone. Forrest are, as we're recording, talking to Nuno Espirito Santo. And that is a an appointment that is likely to be rubber stamped and confirmed to the world on Wednesday. So possibly by the time you've actually heard this podcast. Before we go any further and go back to our panel, uh, Adam, who is one of our contributors, had this to say. I think with the sacking, it's fairly easy for me to talk about. We'd spoke about the fact that potentially there were options other than Cooper. And the form itself hasn't been good enough. Even the biggest Cooper in person in the world will tell you that that's true. It just hasn't been good enough. You can understand the owner wanting to make a change. However, the timing is really strange. Sacking him after getting beat by Tottenham, who were one of the best sides in the league, and we didn't play that badly, to be fair. That was a weird, that was weird timing for Sacking. If he had gone after the Fulham game, I think more fans may have understood. But then we put in a decent performance away at Wolves. We put in a decent performance at home to Tottenham, although we didn't get the result. 
You're now going to sack him Tuesday, Wednesday time when we have a game on Saturday against a team that's been brilliant recently, don't get me wrong, but were in and around it. Right. You then go into Newcastle away, Man United at home. Two games that you can't really expect to get anything out of anyway, irregardless of who the manager is. So the timing's really strange. And then, for me, you don't sack a manager if you're not going to bring someone in who's better or some sort of improvement. Cooper is a for me is probably a better better manager than Nuno. I I would argue anyway. You're bringing him in when you know it's all rumblings, it's all rumours and stuff. But there's rumours and rumblings that he doesn't like Gibbs White, and that and they had a fallout. So it it's a very strange appointment. When you've got Oliver Glasner, who, according to multiple sources, was interested in the job, who won a trophy in 2022, and is highly regarded as one of the best young managers out of work currently, and also would give you a long-term project, ergo Thomas Frank style. So why on earth do you bring in Nuno? Look, Nuno's 49. You can, you, there can be a long-term project there. I just don't see it. And he did a terrific job with Wolves, but he had the he had the best squad in championship history. So getting them promoted, I mean, I think most managers would have. Keeping them up, again, they had a really talented squad, most managers would have. What he did well at Wolves that maybe not most managers would is get them into Europe and or get them into the top 10 consistently and although when he left for Tottenham it sort of fell apart a bit at Wolves that kind of gives you some hope that there's some legs to this appointment and there's some positivity in this appointment but then at Spurs he couldn't get Harry Kane as young in some scoring goals so there's a seriously worrying time coming forward for us anyone that's in the dugout I will back them you know, I'll give them a chance and stuff, and I'm going to give Nuno a chance. But a lot of this just seems odd to have done to break up the structure of your your team as well by sacking Cooper. I don't know. I, I there's arguments for sacking him, and I and I would understand those arguments. I was never firmly Cooper out because I don't think I could ever hound out the manager that's given me the happiest times of my life as a Forest fan. However. I was open to him leaving if we brought in a manager that is objectively a better manager than him. We haven't done that, and that's that's very concerning from this ownership. Okay, thank you, Adam. Now, Adam expressed a lot of um, a lot of caution there. Let's put it that way. Now, I'm just going to throw it out here, and Baz, I'm going to come to you with this. I don't think a team under Nuno would actually look very different to a team that played the last couple of matches under Cooper. I think he'll still play three at the back with wing backs. And I suspect it might well still be the same five playing across that back line. I think he'll want a combative midfielder in Yates. He'll want a slightly more crafty midfielder in Mangala. And I think he will play Gibbs White up front with A and other who might be a winger because that's similar to what he did at Wolves, especially when Jimenez wasn't available. Um, He played, I think, Jota along with, oh, I can't remember his name, but there was another Gibbs White type player who who played up there. So, So, Baz, 
on the pitch at least i don't see there being that much difference do you i was thinking the same actually so yeah the back five thing the there's been lots of i've seen a few comments well there, there's been a an underswell of comments for about a year now which is cooper's negative tactics have got us here and if they're expecting like exciting attacking Ange ball type football they're not going to get that off Nuno because that's not his way um I mean obviously I disagree with the the fact that Cooper had negative tactics I think he was just doing what he had to do to get get over the line at each each game but um yeah I I, I don't see that there's going to be much change in 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 terms of the style of play in terms of the formation in terms of even the personnel a lot of the time because they are quite similar, and and I think that's probably the best way for this particular squad of players to set up as well. Okay, Maradona Midlands. Why do you think that? Do you think that's the reason why they have chosen Nuno? Because actually, he's looking at the squad, and also Nuno's got that track record of being a George Mendes. You know, he's an he his agent is George Mendes. He's worked with Mendes players at the time that. At the time that Wolves were going up under Nuno with Mendes players, Forrest was signing Mendes players and were stuck firmly in the average championship team bracket. So do you think that's something that's made an impression with the Maranakis family? Yeah, I, th- I think it's 100% down to the Mendes factor because I, I can't see that Nuno Spirito, uh Santos would be linked with any other Premier League job at the moment. If some If somebody came... Uh, a job came free in the mid-table. I can't see anybody else thinking, oh, I know what we'll do. We'll get Nuno in. Um, I was reading, don't ask me why, but I was, I was, I was on the Olympiacos website uh, last week and they <laughs> they announced um, that um, the ex-Sheffield Wednesday manager, Carvalhal, um, he'd, he'd, he'd just been announced as a manager uh, and there was a report that um, one of uh, Mendes's other clients had been made sporting director, and it was very much front and centre. This is George Mendes' show again, and they reconciled, and they're very close, working closely again. That's one hundred percent the reason why he's come in. Um, I don't know why um, the Maranakis family trusting him so much. I don't have to, especially after they burnt us so so aggressively. Um, in the championship, uh, but that that is one. I'm just going to point out that Joao Carvalho is still an Olympiacos player, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that I mean that that made a lot of sense signing him at the time, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I don't. I mean, again, same same as you and Baz said. I, well, another reason why it doesn't really make sense to sack Cooper's is. I think nine, 99% of Forest fans would have picked the same players. They would have more or less picked the same sort of tactics as Cooper's been doing. You normally sell, sack a manager once they lost the dressing room. It didn't look like he'd done that. Or they're making bizarre selection decisions. didn't look like he was doing that. Or, or they've just gone wacko in press conferences. He hadn't done any of those things. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to take me a long time to get over this. <laughs> we can tell. Tom? Um, it's just been... Um, oh, well, I've got a funny feeling that Cooper will end up at Crystal Palace. I think that will be... You are not the only one. 
No. And um, what he what you're saying is Steve Cooper's going to end up at a club who are above us in the table <laughs> with a stable structure, a director of football, the ability to spend some money, work with young players who can improve. Um, and he will remain above us in the table. Yeah. Another thing what I've just seen is about Santo is that when Jimenez was out injured or suspended for whatever reason, they had a, they couldn't score goals. They had Fabio Silva and Neto, and they were very good at creating chances for themselves, but they couldn't put the ball in the back of their net. We haven't gotten a one e, so it's it's one of those. I don't want to. Is, like, is Chris a... Woods the newer Raúl Jiménez? No. Oh, <laughs> all right, give a, a chance. <laughs> no, but I just um, yeah, like I said, I sincerely hope for the good of the club he he gets off to a good start on Saturday if he is the man, but. Yeah, um, like I said, I think on one of the match reports recently that a new manager isn't going to suddenly kill um, Tawani, so he's obviously going to have the same problems as Steve Cooper's had since his second uh, today. Um, Stephen, to come to you, there's just that one of the thoughts that was on my mind is as well as the factors we've already discussed in terms of personnel and and so on uh, and style of play that might suit the players that we've got is it also that Nuno has got significant Premier League experience which Lopetegui was obviously turns out despite being despite the Mendes connection maybe hasn't proven to be a realistic prospect I should imagine Lopetegui doesn't want to go to a club in the in the bottom reaches of the, of the table again but Oliver Glasner people saying good things about him including our very own Adam I personally don't know that much about the guy but is the difference that one's got significant Premier League experience in the other it it would be more of a gamble in that respect yeah, I think that's a positive of the appointments is that somebody is coming in with experience of the Premier League. A couple of good seasons at Wolves. Uh, I think his third season there was was not so great. But yes, the fact that he does have Premier League experience is a positive and probably has played a factor in the decision that's been made. Now, I happen to agree that I don't think Nuno is a significant upgrade on Steve Cooper or will do anything particularly different to Steve Cooper in terms of how he sets the team up and the tactics he deploys. And his options are limited for the reasons that we've mentioned around injuries and recruitment. So I I, I still come back to the point that we only should be getting rid of Steve Cooper if there is a significant upgrade available or if the club is at crisis point, i.e., moored in the bottom three and looking like we're not going anywhere. And I don't think we were in either of those situations. Baz? Sort of along the same point. So, I mean, I don't know very much about Glasner, but I do know that he's one of the Ralph Ragnick school of Red Bull football teams. So formation-wise, they might stay the same, but football-wise... The, the Red Bull teams actually play very, very similarly to how we used to in the championship under Steve Cooper, which is pressing high up the pitch and then relying on a very, very fast transition to exploit the space um, that the pressing has made, um, which will be absolutely fantastic to watch. We enjoyed it back then. And if Glasner came in and could make us play that way, it would be good to watch. But then Ralph Ragnick couldn't do it at Manchester United. Um, but... Yeah, the, the point is, 
Glasner hasn't got the Premier League experience. And you look at Bournemouth, um, Iriola, he wants them to play that pressing game. And it's taken him, what, four months to even start getting some wins under his belt. To change the style like that, not everyone can do what Ange Postacoglu's done and, and do it overnight. If you want to change the style and, and play more exciting football, then it takes time. And we're in a situation where we haven't got time. So in that way, Nuno's... Uh, playing the similar style, but maybe just tweaking the coaching or whatever, or the the tactics in certain areas might be exactly what we need. Married on the Midlands, just to change tack slightly. So we've discussed about how Steve Cooper's a, a gaffer who was, you know, he's very invested in everything around the club in in terms of the community side, in terms of youth and and bringing those bringing those players through and investing in spending time with people. Nuno is the opposite. Nuno is a guy who keeps himself to himself. He concerns himself as being the first team coach. Yes, he 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 gave players like Max Kilman their chance in the Wolves first team, um, but he's not known as being a manager who'll bring who'll you know nurture the youth. Is that something that concerns you? Um, yeah. Well, going back to the the previous point I made about um, Forrest needing a big personality, a leader to uh, lead the club. I don't think who knows that man. Um, I, was, I was listening to Johnny Phillips on the radio the other day. He's the Sky reporter. and He's just written a book about Wolves. And he was talking about the uh, Nuno time. And he said he's a very reserved, um, quite introverted man. And um, he's, he's, he, he, he doesn't necessarily mix that much with, with the players or with a- anybody else at the club. Um, and apparently... Uh, COVID really knocked him for six as well because he wasn't able to get back and see his family. So uh, that's maybe part of the reason why he started to falter at Wolves. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry, I've forgotten the question. Well, uh, so <laughs> let's look, well, just keeping with that, and I'll, I'll I'll take that question in a second, but keeping with what you said, does when you were talking through that, it gave me echoes of Ito Karanka. Karanka kind of introverted chap you know he's been through turbulent times before but he found Forrest to be quite quite a rough place to be he was away from his family and this is even pre-pandemic and and that proved to be too much for him yeah I mean I'm not I hope he succeeds because I don't want to go back to the championship that's that would be a personal disaster for me um I cannot watch football highlights on ITV4 Ever again. <laughs> I simply will refuse to do it. So, um, yeah, so we can't go down. Um, but it, it, you don't know. Maybe you will. But maybe the, maybe the, the, uh, the players who, who came in the summer will re- respond to him a bit more. Maybe he's a, a bit of a better known figure, the, the Sangares and, uh, and Dominguez's of this world. Maybe they, they will sort of appeal to him. Maybe, the, maybe the, knowing Portuguese will help him. It'll help him with the Brazilian lads. Maybe he'll be able to get an extra 10, 15% out of those guys. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a risky one. I, I, the way I'm feeling at the moment, I think we're more at risk of going down now than we were yesterday. And that's, that's not what you want once you change your manager. Stephen, does the community aspect, the youth aspect, the, the getting involved in every part of the club is that something that's important to you in a forest manager? It is. And I think just having that manager who shows that they care about the club and they're not just here for another payday or 
here just to put another job on the CV. I think that counts for something. And you've got to look at the 20 or so years prior to Steve Cooper coming in as manager. The club was in decline. The club wasn't loved. The club wasn't wasn't looked after. And here we had somebody, an individual who came in as manager. He had no right to connect to the club in the way that he did. But his personality, his his character and the way he embraced Forrest was something quite special and it breathed new life into the club. And on a personal level, it rekindled a love for Forrest in me that was probably ebbing away under the likes of Chris Hewton and, and people like that and 20 years out of the Premier League. And I think he really brought something back to the club that had been missing for a very long time. And that counts for something. And in modern day football, we know it's a results driven business. We know that the Premier League is ruthless. But when you've got somebody in there who cares about the club and who makes the effort to connect with the fans, connect with the community and bring the whole city together, that's a very special thing and something which is sadly lacking in the modern game. Uh, Baz, it's it's true though, isn't it? It's um, It's down to, there's a lot of people who had lost their love for football and their love for the club prior to Steve Cooper coming in. Yeah. Um, we've spoken about it already. Um, like, yeah, how, how we, we wouldn't want to, it's like, yeah, just, just shut the club down. That whole thing. I, I, I definitely, um, this probably quite a long time ago, but I can remember saying to someone, there are times I wish I was just a Knots fan because Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but um but I bet they've got yeah. hot water in their ground. <laughs> yeah. But um but that that's that's the thing is is that a football club's not just about what happens on the pitch. It's about all of us and it's about what it does for the city and how it helps the city and how it brings people together and and what it represents and what it stands for. And Steve Cooper embraced all of that stuff and there aren't very many managers who are prepared to do that. And it might be just that whatever we stand for and how we are happened to hit a nerve with him and and it just worked out. Or it might just be that his coaching worked and he won a few games and thought, oh, this is brilliant. But it, it the fact is he did do that. And most managers don't do that. Most managers are work on the assumption that they're only going to be there for 18 months. So so there's no point in investing in anything apart from what's going to get me results on the pitch. OK, uh, we're going to leave it there in just a second. So I'm going to say thank you to the panel. But before I do, just to come to Tom, out of all of us in this particular podcast, you've been the one who's you know made the point that the results haven't been good enough. The results um, and the run of away form and, and all of those factors are the kinds of things that for most other clubs would have seen them change management already. So on that basis, I just wanted to ask you, if you could choose who the next Forest manager would be, who would you have chosen? Um, for coaching prestige, I would have gone for Lopetegui because he's been at Real Madrid, been a uh, manager for uh, Spain. I would have gone for him, but um, if he was too unrealistic, um, I would have liked 
somebody like Glasner, which I don't know a lot about, but what I have read in the last couple of days, um, it was quite appealing. Um, I, I just think this Santa will back him, and he did all right at Wolves, but I just think it's it all links in with George Mendes and everything else with it, and I just hope him. We do stay in the Premier League, but like I says, I, I think it's got all the hallmarks of a. It's not going to be a smooth ride. Hey, right. Uh, I mean, the only thing I'll just add about Nuno, um, and to say, I'm assuming, listener, by the time you're listening to this, Nuno might already have been rubber stamped as the Forest Gaffer. Um, let's just remind ourselves he managed to really, really, really piss off Neil Warnock. So if that makes a difference in how you think about him, then then so be it. Uh, what I am going to say is I'm going to say thank you to Stephen, to Tom, to Maradon in the Midlands, to Baz, also to Ellie and to Adam for their contributions. Also, a big thank you to producer Romeo, who's quietly working away in the background, waving his arms and legs around to good effect. And thank you to you, listener, for joining us as ever. We'll be back with the Friday Five on, funnily enough, Friday. And we're hoping to have a little bit of opinion from a Wolves fan and a Spurs fan, assuming that the Nuno appointment gets uh, confirmed. And... Then we'll be back with a match report after Bournemouth. So, as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you to Green King Sport for sponsoring this podcast. And um, just to finish off, we've said on this podcast many times before, quite a few of us have said about how much we love Steve Cooper. And it's not just to do with results. It's to do with everything. It's to do with his personality. It's to do with his how genuine and honest he seems. It's to do with his giving nature, the amount of time he gave. Uh, let's not forget, just a couple of weeks ago, we saw Caden being invited in the post-match um, interview. Steve Cooper said, don't worry, we'll look after him after the last post. And those things matter to Forest fans, especially those of us who are brought up in the in with the Brian Clough values. So we want to say thank you very much to Steve Cooper. We wish you well. It'll be painful when we see you in the away dugout. But at least, as we said, you get now to spend Christmas with your family. And uh, we wish you very well for the future. Thanks for listening to 1865. We'll be back soon. Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.